Hello, and welcome to a new podcast for The Lancet. I'm Gavin Cleaver. Our new commission on sexual and reproductive health and rights looks at the profound benefits of investing in sexual and reproductive health. The topic reaches us all. Sexually transmitted infections, complications of pregnancy and childbirth, unsafe abortion, gender-based violence and reproductive cancers threaten everyone's well-being, but there are still significant gaps in medical coverage and interventions around the world. The Commission states that achieving sexual and reproductive health relies on realising sexual and reproductive rights. Beyond the fact they affect us all fundamentally, what is it that means sexual and reproductive health should be prioritised by governments? I spoke with Anne Stars, President and CEO of the Lancet's Commission Partners, the Goodmacker Institute, to find out more. Gaps in sexual and reproductive health and rights take an enormous toll on individuals, on communities and economies around the world. We present some of the statistics there that more than 200 million women want to avoid pregnancy but are not using a modern effective method of contraception. Uh, more than 45 million women receive no antenatal care or inadequate care. More than 30 million women deliver their babies outside of a health facility uh, that's in developing countries. And worldwide, there are 25 million unsafe abortions every year. As many as 180 million couples may be affected by infertility. More than 350 million people need treatment for one of the four common curable sexually transmitted infections. So I can go on, but you you get the sense. There's a huge amount just in terms of mortality and morbidity uh, that is the result of neglect of sexual reproductive health and rights issues. There's also, and this is one of the points we also try to make in the commission, sexuality and reproduction is something that is an everyday part of most people's lives. And yet there is very little public discourse about, in particular, the the more, shall we say, interpersonal and uh, satisfaction aspects of sexual and uh, and reproductive health. And so we're trying, through this commission, to also try and elevate attention to and understanding of the human cost of neglect and uh, and lack of attention to these issues. So what progress has been made recently in broad terms in sexual and reproductive health? There has been significant progress in some key areas of sexual and reproductive health, particularly those that countries have been investing in that were prioritized, for example, by the Millennium Development Goals and are still prioritized within the uh, Sustainable Development Goals. So we have seen significant improvements in access to maternal and newborn care, in access to contraception. We've seen improvements in care and treatment for HIV, access to antiretrovirals uh, in most countries in the world. There are still significant gaps in coverage and access for many of those core interventions, contraception, maternal newborn health, HIV, and then there are still significant gaps in these other elements of sexual reproductive health services that are, that are often not prioritized. The speed of population growth makes the number of people in need of services, education, counselling and information difficult to bring down. Gaps in coverage across the world typically show that people with less education, living in rural areas and poorer, have greater unmet needs for these services. The Commission lays out a major framework for a broader vision of sexual health and reproductive rights and defines priorities based on need, gaps and the potential for change. Here's Sashila Singh, Vice President of the Goodmacher Institute, on the Commission's vision for change and her hopes for the future. You know, we, are, we put forward a pretty, a, a quite bold agenda. At the core of it is, is that we're asking for a comprehensive, a holistic approach that's going to encompass the rights of all individuals to make decisions about their bodies and their lives 
free of stigma, discrimination, and coercion, and that means having access to the essential sexual and reproductive health interventions that they need at various points in their lives. So that's like the platform. But to get there, um, I think the first thing is that political will to uh, recognize the importance of this, that political will is essential, and we need it at the highest levels. Governments have to prioritize closing these gaps. And that would be followed by making adequate resources available. For example, we need funding to expand and strengthen the coverage, the quality of sexual and reproductive health services. Just as certain other changes are needed, like changes in laws and policies that restrict individuals' ability to choose their partner. That's just an example. Or achieve their family size preferences. You know, policy reforms such as legalizing abortion would, would have huge uh, payoffs. Um, in terms of the health benefits. I could mention a few more, but those are some some of the bigger ones. What are your hopes for this commission in terms of it affecting global health policy? In terms of where where we want to go more immediately is to use the commissioner, to have the commissioners, the advisory group, all of those who have worked on this and spread the message, take this platform forward to um, global agencies. We have to work through Uh, the existing framework globally and within countries and regions to get the the agenda to be picked up and taken forward. I think that by providing a really solid evidence base, which is what a Lancet report does, that's sort of in support, that that demonstrates why it's important to achieve and to uh, implement this comprehensive package of essential services, that, that Simply providing the evidence base is a, is a very important tool that we're giving policymakers, you know, advocates, civil society organizations. They all have to become involved. Our job is to lay before, to, to explain and to um, communicate what this platform is, what this agenda is, and wh- how it can be um, argued for if effectively. So I think that's it's through those mechanisms that we are hoping to achieve the change we would like to see. We are also very realistic and say that in the report, you know, that, um, you know, we recognize how much effort it is to make these changes and that not all countries are at the same place and able to do everything at once. In fact, probably none can do that, but that recognizing and accepting, um, committing to the platform and the agenda is important and Taking a more progressive approach, step by step, is what we recognize might be needed in many countries. The Sexual and Reproductive Health and Rights Commission is available online now for free at thelancet.com. Thanks for listening.